Hello, this is Michelle Weston with Wellness Learning Curves 2.0, 360 talk radio for women, empowering women all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe. In fact, we are spreading out. Today, we're going to talk about another version, kind, type, illness, diagnosis, disease of a chronic condition. And I really like to do this with you. And I also like to interview people because it's fun to find out about others who are finding ways to live with a chronic condition. And today I have Simone. Simone G. She is near Orlando, Florida. And we're going to talk to her and I'm going to let her explain why we decided that we would do an interview because I think that what she's found and what she's learned and how she's helping herself and how she's helping others find compassion for themselves, for their families, for their bodies, and for others living with a chronic condition oneself is a journey. And she's had quite a journey and has put together a wonderful, wonderful group. And I will share what she's doing and tell you where she is at the end and how to contact her because I want you guys to keep finding people near you, people around you, people who inspire you. So Simone, how are you? Thank you, Michelle. I'm doing really well today now. And I will share my last name as we talked before. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's John Giordano, like the uh, guy's name, John Jordan. No, so but I go I got by it. Simone G for e- obvious reasons. You would think I would I would be able to pronounce that because I've married an Italian, but <laughs> you know what? I'm going to stand back and let the person say it correctly and not batter it. <laughs> so who helped you start your journey to living your life with a chronic illness? Especially when did you decide to explore more complementary integrative approaches in living your life more effectively? with complementary solutions. And what does that mean to you? So that's a big question. And I'm going to sit back, guys. Yeah. So I, you know, I started having health challenges as an infant and a young child. So, but I was fortunate to have a wonderful role model of my father who had a lot of chronic health challenges, a lot of major life-changing illnesses. And to see, I think I just always observed how he handled having illnesses, um, that it, he didn't, it wasn't who he was. It was something he was going through always. Um, so, so having him as a role model was extremely in hindsight. I just, by nature started picking things up from a healthy lifestyle, you know, from eating to support your body. And he had had, um, heart surgery Mm. When it was almost unheard of. Wow. I was 11 years old. He had had a heart attack and um, the doc, he, he actually, at the time they kept you under for three days. My oh, mom wasn't you, even allowed so they kept to you in him. an induced coma to mm-hmm. let the body heal. Yeah. Now it's, you know, you, you can see your family member within hours. So it was very, very different game. It's like nobody had heard of it at the time. And, and so we're talking yeah, back, I would have been in the seventies, um, late seventies and living in a rural area in Pennsylvania, you know, per the Cleveland clinic's recommendation, doing yoga at six in the morning before work, you know, who, amazing. who, who in amazing. a rural area, you know, him and my mom would get up that, you know, they started, we've always, you know, growing up in a farm area, 
it's like you just did organic farming pretty much. <laughs> it's like you, you 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 grew your food in your backyard and stuff, a lot of it. Um, but yeah, so really focusing on working with the doctor, making your lifestyle, you know, doing the yoga and stuff like that. So I got to see it from a young perspective. Um, so, but over time, various health challenges kept piling up, kept piling up. Um, and eventually got the best of me, uh, probably multiple times over there. <laughs> but anyhow, I would say, you know, through college and my early career, I kind of lost that hmm. through the just trying to get by, trying to survive, you know, not going to eat at dinner and that at college with friends because it was so struggle to walk. I couldn't keep up with them. I was embarrassed. So I would eat alone. And it was a very competitive, I was at University of Michigan. It was very competitive and I worked, worked, worked. And, <laughs> and I'm I, from Michigan. So U of M yeah. is very competitive. What were you studying? Um, music. Um, music. Yeah. So you instruments people, or voice or um, I was in the education program, music education. And, you know, you went down to the music school at 7am, you left at midnight. It was like a mass exodus. Uh, it was great because it wasn't competitive against each other. It was competitive to be as good as you could be more yeah, you, so. well, that great kind so, of competition. Right. So I went to Interlochen Arts Academy and I know oh, people wonderful. fight. Yeah. So I appreciate your journey because it is, they are always people who play instruments, piano, opera singers, but especially those who play instruments, they're always challenging. And mm -hmm. you, to keep your chair, yeah. especially with these, with the, uh, with the strings, you know, mm -hmm. if you were first chair for violin, Big deal. Like yeah, you absolutely. headed up everything. If you were the first flautist or, you know, these mm -hmm. are, these are very important. And you fought yourself, not against someone else. Yeah. You did the best you could do. And that's a lot of energy. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. That's quite a journey for four years. <laughs> yeah. So, so I really, through financial struggles and that, it was just get by. Um, but through all the challenges, I did a lot of physical therapy. And I think that's a modality that, you know, you start to learn, you start to really incorporate and you, you start to notice how you move more too. Okay. Um, so I would say it really, again, even though I focused on my well-being and I tried to do everything good, it wasn't until I left the corporate world because I just... <laughs> I, I literally was trying to get a cup of coffee just to get through the day and <laughs> I could not make it. I, my lay, I, I got out the building that was one block away, traffic zooming by pedestrian skirting around and I'm standing, just trying not to collapse. I couldn't, my legs just were not wanting to go. Um, and a couple coworkers came along and they're like, they wanted to call the ambulance. I was like, no, just, just call my husband, have him come get me and just have him get me. And he picked me up and he's like, why don't you just leave? You know, this job's killing you. What were you really doing? Job killing you. I was in IT systems um, with big system rollouts. In fact, the first ever after two decades, the first web-based system for the bank. Uh, oh, wow. Commercial lending portfolio. So this was risk. the money part of working. You have yeah. music for education, but things yeah. shift like my, my career, yeah. my career Absolutely shifted. shifted. Um, so after that, I, you know, I gave my notice and I took six, I, I took several months to focus on how do I, where do I go from here? And I started doing yoga again. 
And were you living I, in Pennsylvania? Where were you I living? I was in Pittsburgh area. Pittsburgh area. Okay. And I anger yoga. So I actually, I had taken a bad fall the year before. Um, so I actually started a yoga therapy program where there was only four or five of us and we had three teachers and we each had our custom. So then you take all that physical therapy over many, many years off and on and start applying it with the yoga. And you really, you, you start to connect the breath. You start to connect the, the movement and you're, you're paying attention differently. And I also was working with um, physical therapist who was Pilates based. Oh, heaven. Yeah. So then I started working with that individual um, and I worked with a nutritionalist then too, but it wasn't the right fit at the time. <laughs> yeah. We so, talk about that. You have to find the personality yeah. and the way that people deliver things. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not the best fit, even with doctors. Absolutely. There are lots of good doctors, but sometimes yeah. it's not the right fit. Yeah. So I was incorporating those kinds of modalities, but it really, that would have been 2008 that I left my corporate career. Um, it was, and I started a business that literally I, if I could work for two hours at two in the morning, that's what it was. I was at East coast. I worked with West coast people. So I could have a few hours to manage pain in the morning before having, you know, 11 o'clock my time before anybody's even up (laughs) for work kind of stuff. Um, so I created a business from that perspective, what can support my well-being goals. So that was back, you know, late 2008. And one thing I've, thankful for is I've, you know, have have been able to be successful with the businesses. However, I didn't set the right boundaries around me and my growth and the business growth. And that got me in trouble, not once, but twice, but three times. (laughs) And it was after the third time where I wanted to hire a sales consultant, um, to, to kind of switch the, my clientele a little bit. Um, and after an hour meeting, I'm ready to literally it's a $10,000 program. And he looked at a poster on the wall and he's had a triangle and he said, look, your mind, it's mind, body, spirit. And he said, your mind and spirit are great, but until you learn how to take care of your body, your health, you're never going to achieve the success you desire. And I was struggling in hindsight. I knew he was right. So I had, I shut down. I, I transferred my clients to my peers. I um, shut my business down. What was going to be six months ended up being a year, but that's when. So that that is when in 2012, going to 13, I fired all my doctors except for one. <laughs> it happens, guys. I'm sure some of you can tell me stories, right? I really really worked with the yoga more. I really worked with the Pilates more and the physical therapy massage and those kinds of modalities. Um, and then in 2016, um, I started when I was visiting Florida, which I've done every year since I was like 18. Hmm. Um, I, I met this alternative health licensed health doctor and she changed my life. And when, so coming here to Florida, I have worked intensely with her on nutrition, on health. Um, I since have incorporated the compassion, self-compassion, meditation, journaling, reading, and reflecting. And those, though, all of those together have, have really, really changed my life for the better um, to be able to my outlook on having the health challenges, mm. my ability to accept them, my ability, therefore my ability to work better with them. Um, so that they sort of removing most of that second level of suffering of beating ourselves up or beating myself up because I'm tired today, or I'm in a lot of pain today, or I can't work today, or, you know, and, you know, how do I, that, that struggle of the uncertainty. 
can can I be there for that client work? How do I manage that time? So she really, you know, through, uh, you know, I always recommend, I, I would never tell anybody what to do from my personal story. The licensed alternative doctor has been, I think, life-saving. <laughs> and Honestly, I know. life-saving. So how have you created, and she's got a title, you know, she's got a name for her group called Balance Up. How have you created Balance Up and how has it changed since yeah. you began working with the different tools, techniques, and methods to improve your life? Yeah. And was so, it easy? Easy. That's, hmm. Oh, because people always ask, you know, yeah. is it easy to lose weight? No. It's oh, work. Oh, okay. You know I mean, like people always think. Yes. Yes. Oh, I thought you it should be easy. program. No, no, no. You know, the, the act itself, because yeah. you had energy and those kinds of things. Was it easy? I mean, because you, you transitioned and shifted it yourself. It's easier over time because you start to feel your wins and they're your wins. It has nothing to do what anybody else is doing or what anybody is thinking. It's like letting go of that judgment from others, letting go that can bring so much pain. Um, people, you know, inferring that you're in my case, you know, I, I know people thought, you know, that I was weak or, you know, and I was a hard worker <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, you know, the stigma builds up over time. And it's um, also, it's also because you and I have talked a little about this and I've talked to many of us. Sometimes we have an invisible illness and people mm-hmm. can't see it. We don't have yes. a walker, a wheelchair. We could be slow. Mm-hmm. Me with my drop foot. I'm slow with that. Absolutely. After a period of time, we get more tired, but we look right. And so everybody can't understand what the problem is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some of us explain, I, I, you know, I'm very vocal with my MS and that's my choice. There are people that aren't, you know, my sister has fibromyalgia. It's different. Mm -hmm. She has more pain than I ever have had. And I, I, you know, it's, it's to think that somebody has pain, like literally in their body and their muscles like that. I can't, I can't imagine myself having to live with that. And so I know it's a struggle. Yeah, it is. A, yes, yes. Um, and the different different illnesses have, unfortunately, different levels of stigma attached to them to a lot of individuals. And that impacts um, how, how we view it sometimes if we don't consciously try to address that. Um, on the question of like the balance up, like I, I refer to as a balance up lifestyle, also building balance to empower. Um, I like that. It's I like really that. Building, the building balance to empower. That to me is coming from a place of inner balance, inner peace. It's not work-life balance. Um, so it, it involves so many different aspects. Um, to, cr- to, to create the program, I went really, really deep over a number of years, a lot of journaling, almost writing like a history. What worked for me? What didn't work for me? Oh my gosh, look at look at when I was doing yoga and starting to realize how. I could do better at self-awareness of, of listening to my body signals. Um, so really it's a lot about listening to the body signals. And also it's not just the physical aspect. I go by seven areas. So it's like remembering where I'm not my health. I'm so much more than my physical health, emotional, spiritual, your beliefs, values, and um, you know, the work, the work, continuing to learn. I love learning. <laughs> and you know what? A diagnosis is a that. diagnosis. And mm-hmm. it some of us are able to really 
understand that and incorporate that. And we're good at that. We, we, we don't let the diagnosis or the illness define ourselves. And that's another journey. I mean, that's part of many of our journey. I think so, right? It it definitely can be. I think it depends. Like I was, like I said, I was fortunate to have my father as a role model. Yeah, Uh, Those were challenges we worked through as a family, but it didn't define him ever. Um, so yeah, so was it, has it been easy? Um, at there it's, it's a roller coaster to me. There's, I don't, I'm not one for quite frankly, believing in quick fixes that, that are sustainable. So it's how, how do you create this lifestyle mind and mindset, the support, the inner peace, the balance, and not being on that roller coaster of, oh my gosh, I'm going to go, go, go. And oh man, now I'm down in bed for three days or whatever, you know, it's, and, and ever get a perfect, no, um, I've yet to go, you know, you know, a whole year, you know, (laughs) however long you want to say, there's always phases of it. Mm. Um, But really it's around looking at the whole Holistic is a word that's used in so many different ways. I'm an, I'm using it here in the terms of our whole body, our, our whole selves. Who are we, you know, in all the different aspects to align with who who our values are, um, and, and so forth. So it, it it's definitely a journey, and you know, having relationships that are supportive are are important because every stress, all the different stresses do impact our physical or our emotional can make us question our spiritual, can impact our social. It's all, all those are, we, we as individuals are all in, interconnected ourselves. Yes. Um. So it's taking care of all areas. Like I, I like to say, go by the concept of um, everything gives us energy or drains it. Good. Whether I like it's that. Relationships, whether it's work, that's not going to mean, well, we only do things that give us energy. We are going to have challenges. Sure. We are. In all aspects of our life, I that that's just the human nature. That's human for everyone in different exactly. ways. Absolutely, it doesn't have to be an illness. There are other challenges. Yeah. Some people have money issues. Mm-hmm. Lots of things that happen. Or all in of lives. them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that's, exactly. there's lots of things. I mean, yeah. I know that one of the things that I loved that I did for myself was actually get a dog because I mm-hmm. grew up with I grew up with terriers and I got a schnauzer a little bit after I was diagnosed. And that was so helpful to get me out. I had yeah. to walk the dog yeah. four or five times a day. Right. And so there was no excuses. You know, you I didn't have wee-wee pads. They weren't all over the house. I didn't believe mm-hmm. in them. I thought that I think that dogs need to be walked. And I chose a breed that liked to be walked. So I was grateful for him helping me and me helping him as the dog parent because we supported each other and you Absolutely. know you know dogs especially cats too but dogs especially are unconditional they just are here because they just love the family love the person mm-hmm. and that's what they are and that was yeah. a really important part of me healing and you have italian greyhounds so <laughs> You know, if it's even if you're in a house like you or in an apartment building like me here in, in Manhattan, you figure out how you're going to take care of that little being. You know, some of us don't have kids. Some of us mm-hmm. have dog kids. So there you go. But, That's, you know, yes. Yeah. And it's interesting because when I went to MUIH, the Maryland University of Integrative Health, there was a whole division on um, yoga therapy, not yeah. just yoga. But yoga therapy, because working with people, 
for yoga, like restorative yoga, Evangar yoga, there are different kinds mm-hmm. of yoga, Hatha yoga, um, and all those things, people really, it was very, very helpful to them, Yeah, you know? And everybody found, has to find yeah. their way. Some of us like it. Some people hate it. Mm-hmm. I loved Pilates. So I did well with Pilates. And that's what I did. I mean, just, you know, it, it was a good thing for me. I haven't been as on top of it as I used to be. And listening to you, I'm inspired. So thank you. Yeah. And I have to say, I, I don't, did I love doing yoga? I can't say that I did, but I love the positive benefits. <laughs> That's what go. I loved. It was, I, I, I liked it, but I really, what I really, really love, and I consider this a other alternative is doing reading books that support my mind and pondering and reflecting and doing a little meditating around that and journaling that that to me is what I absolutely love. And yoga goes along with that. Um, and the benefits make it worth it, but it's not my, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I love this like that. Um, so yeah, it's looking at it. If you, if you really don't like it, I think it'd be hard to stick with. Yeah. Yeah. And also there's different kinds. I like restorative yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. have no interest just because the way that my body moves during the day and, and I have uh, more neuro fatigue, so I can, yeah. I can, I can short myself out. So I'm not somebody who's going to do Hatha yoga or something, you know, like that. I love the yoga in the swing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was introduced to that big uh, band of fabric that comes from the ceiling and that's yeah. here. And I love that. That's my favorite just yeah, because cool. with drop foot, anytime you can swim or do something that removes, that's why I like Pilates, you have mm-hmm. help. Um, it's nice to have the springs for Pilates and also mm-hmm. the swing of fabric to hold me. So I don't have to worry about walking or speeding yeah. or moving quickly. I'm actually supported. And that, that's- and you had to figure, each one of us has to figure out what works for us. Yes, absolutely. And um, like along that lines, that's where the the self-awareness, you know, one of the things I do for myself too, uh, and others is um, from the perspective of what are the red flags. So I kind of go from a balance up perspective, what's the red flags? And there's a whole process, yellow and green. So really focusing on the, it's so easy, at least for myself, it has been to be either hypervigilant or okay. in denial. So hypervigilant kind of you start to get too concerned. Okay, start to get too concerned, not wanting to do things, not wanting to take too many risks because I'm going to be down. Um, denial, I'm going to push through because I can do this. And they both neither one has the ideal result for me personally. So to identify um what when I really slow down and think and listen, what's impacting me the most? Those are my red flags. I'm just going to focus on those three things. And I like, and sort of basing that on the emotional impact, the finance potential or actual financial impact. If we push too hard, got to have to go get a massage just to bear the pain. That's it. If I put the client at risk, that's a potential bigger. If I have to shut my business down because I really kept pushing it with a big project, that's a huge financial risk. Sure. Um, So, and, and, and also will further impact my well-being. So using those three aspects, um, and, and then what I have found is things that have been red flags, I've learned slowly to adopt my lifestyle, to adopt my activities and, and so forth. So they're no longer my red flags. So what was yellow, now okay. become the red. Interesting. 
So I like that. that's part of the balance up, you know, it, it's slowly, it's not trying to do everything at once. It's slowly, it's a journey, right? Like you right. said, it is, a journey. it is a journey and you have to be kind to yourself and you have to mm-hmm. be patient, even though that seems crazy. Like, well, I should be able to do this easier. Yeah. I mean, I still think I'm 30. So yeah. I get surprised when I think I can still move quickly yeah. and it's not even, uh, it's not even about cognition. It's just physically, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I weigh 140 pounds less. So you think, oh, well, of course you can move quickly. No, my body has a certain cadence because it has a drop foot and has to adjust to that. Right. And those are the challenges. And they're not negative challenges. They're just challenges. You know, I think it helps like you. And that's why I really wanted to interview you because you've taken this on and you know that it's it's a learning curve. And it's a a 2.0 learning curve. It's not a 1.0, like, you know, learning curves for dummies. This is learning curves 2.0. We've figured out some things that that's Mm -hmm. why I ask people to share how they are, you know, handling, you know, spiritually, how are they handling um, emotionally, how are they handling it physically, and how they handle it nutritionally, you know, why... It's, it could be as simple as, you know, my aunt said last night, she was like, oh, I can't take Prilosec for her stomach for reflux. And a lot right. of people, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be heavy. A lot of people have reflux mm-hmm. and it's yes. that acid returning. And so you try and not eat things, certain things and mm-hmm. so forth. And she said, yeah, but you know, I've read that you can't take it for a long time or else then your calcium gets affected and then your bones and you can get osteoporosis. Well, I take Prilosec or a version of it. There are different versions from the gastroenterologist all the time because I've had my system rerouted. But you learn and you find I have an integrative pharmacist, David at Vita Health Pharmacy, and he ships all over the world. People come to MSKCC and Weill Cornell and New York Presbyterian, where I'm near here on the east side, and they get their supplements and things to support what they're taking and how yeah. to help it. And he picks what, what you know, bone, I take something called bone strength. And it mm-hmm. helps balance out that prilosic issue. So right. there are things, and but I'm willing to do the work. And yes, I think it, it is work. Right. And don't you think when you start to feel better, you realize, oh, this is worth the work. Yes, absolutely. That I'm going to, I, in, in 20, late 2015, I, I had had bronchitis pneumonia. I, I mean, 50 plus times over my life. And I had, I had been in a spell where I was spending three, four months in bed, mm. like, and only getting a month out. So, uh, you know, so I was running my business from my bed. So I had gotten to where 10 minutes on the phone would put me down the rest of the day. Walking 10 feet was a huge struggle. A couple of times I tried to go to the grocery store to get one or two items because I couldn't handle the weight or anything. And I would just even parking as close as I could, I would stop every five feet trying to get back to my car and, you know, trying to get gas, the energy. I mean, I was really, really, really struggling. 
Um, but you start to have those little wins. And then I got to share this story along that lines. I, um, talked with a client I'd worked with for three years in California, um, after making some breakthroughs, um, having a new diagnosis, medicating that and working with alternative health individual. And I'm like, hi. And he's like, who's this? (laughs) Like Simone, he didn't recognize my voice because he'd never heard it with energy. Oh, wow. He didn't know. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I said, I wasn't, I never told you, but I wasn't feeling well all those years. <laughs> so crazy, so, crazy. Yeah. But it's those little wins that are motivating with a caution. It's not, you're not always going to have those wins piled upon wins. You're going to have the losses. And that's where the mindset really, really is important. That doesn't mean give up. That means it's time to adjust to the next level. Yeah. And take it on and know this is our body. This is Mm -hmm. your body. This is Mm -hmm. my body. It's important for us to figure it out. I'm still learning. I'm learning all the time, you know, and sometimes I'm better at the lesson and sometimes it takes me longer, you know, but if you're willing, willing to do the work for yourself, I think the benefit is definitely tantamount. Absolutely. And if you have even one support person who can help keep an eye out, sometimes they are able to see things before us. Sometimes we can, sometimes they can say, Hey, my husband will say, it used to be like, okay, I could go out to a little town for like an hour. Then it was two hours then. And he would see it, my legs dragging or, you know, getting slow, looking dazed, confused. Like I didn't know where I was, you know, whatever it was, he could see it before I either had learned to allow myself to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> perhaps. Okay. And you know, then that's, hey, let's sit down for let's get in some air conditioning for a few minutes. That kind, you know, can really help to you know take into account somebody like that. I know you wanted to share something there. No, no, there. no. I'm smiling because I'm newly married. I'm just married two years. And you know, to get married in your 50s with all being independent for so many years. Mm-hmm. You have your system. And so there are things that you think you handle well. And yeah. then you have, especially somebody who loves you yeah. through their eyes, they see it and they're concerned and they voice, you know, their concern. Things I wouldn't know or remember, he remembers. Mm-hmm. And that's such a gift, you know. Yes, I, it when is. I, when I was Cheers. diagnosed, so when I was diagnosed with MS 20, it'll be 23 years this October. I said to my neurologist, I will never get married. And he got really angry with me. And he, you know, we get along very well. He is a sweetheart. And he said, Mm -hmm. how dare you decide who gets to love you? How dare you? And I didn't understand that because I hadn't experienced that kind of love. He said, Michelle, people with MS get married. I know we do not have the reason, the cause, and I know we're working on the cure and that's happening all over the world, but people do get married and they do love and they have children. There are people with MS who have children. So it was a very interesting lesson for me when, you know, when I started to date RD, because it was just like, am I going to share this? How do I feel about this? And then he I mean, like he's very helpful. Like sometimes I'm I'm too independent still because it's so many years. Sometimes you know, yeah. Hope, yeah, like I went down to do the laundry, and you know, he said, "Do you have the card? Do you have the do you have the laundry machine, laundry soap?" And I'm just like, I think that you know, still because it's so many years, 
of only me doing it. I mean, if it doesn't get done, it didn't get done. So I just sort of roll my eyes sometimes or some, I used to get more annoyed. Now I, we've talked about it and I understand it's actually just concern in regard. Yeah. So I don't have to come back up the stairs to get one of the two, mm-hmm. but it's learning to be independent, but also part of a partnership. Yeah. And letting that person, like your yeah. husband, like you're saying, support you and remind you yeah. and note things that you may miss. Yeah, it, it's a gift. It's definitely a gift. I think um, it's a gift. I, that's what I'm learning. That's wonderful with your husband. And well, that's a wise neurologist too. <laughs> to, to, that's something I think people need to hear because it's so easy to get lost of who am I? What do I deserve? It, it is. It, and you know, you especially to... over years of non-diagnosis or, or whatever, and people don't understand. You don't know what to tell people. And yeah, yeah it's it's a what? That's a very wise he was. So imagine when I got to bring my husband with me on an appointment and I <laughs> nice. bring him now. I'm yeah. a patient advocate. I bring Richard yeah. because I say to him, he goes, I say, remember the things that I don't remember because I don't, Absolutely. I let lots of crap go. Cause I just choose not to, if I was having a hard time doing certain things, I'll say to him, remind, tell the physical therapy director, what blah, blah, because mm-hmm. I don't dwell in it. Like I really, I just, it's my choice. I just can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. So that doesn't mean I don't have days that suck. I mean, you know, I went and had two bridal showers and I came home and you and I talked and I was just like, (laughs) I am done. I am like cooked. (laughs) So I had like three days rebooting. And some things are worth it. Some things it's like you, you may make the decision that, Hey, I'm going to do this. I know it's going to be hard on me. I'm going to plan around it. I yeah. know I'm going to be down probably for a few days and it's okay. Let me just do everything I can to shift. <laughs> and, and I have found trying to plan resting before trying to plan around it the best I can afterwards. Um, also makes it easier to really enjoy it. Just knowing um, I have a little confession to make though in laundry. Yes. I don't even know. I'm sorry to anybody listening. <laughs> I don't even know how to use our washer and dryer because my hysterical. husband does all that. <laughs> well, he does that. No, but that's I did what it he all does. growing up, but he you know what? It. He took over that, you know, listen, my husband <laughs> drops off the sheets and the towels mm-hmm. um, because I'm not going to struggle with those downstairs in that room and have them yeah. hit the floor. I just, they're heavier. The clothes, our personal clothes we do, but he comes down Not with heavier. me, he carries it. He carries <laughs> down the bag. I put everything in. I switch it to the dryers. I come down and when we have to fold it and bring it back upstairs, he comes downstairs with me. So we do yeah. it as a team. Mm-hmm. That's you know? great. That's great. So, you know, and, and that's a, that's a nice thing to have. Cause I always did it myself, you know, yeah. drag that giant bag downstairs, like a crazy person. Yeah. The things we do, right. Yeah. So it's nice. You don't have to know how to work that machine. Yeah, I do other things. Yeah. Um, So we have our, we have our partnership going. So along the lines, like your neurologist sharing with you, you know, who are you to have that right to decide who loves you? Um, When I was 40, when I got married, my husband 42, but his family warned him, do you really want to marry someone with health challenges? It's a, it can be a hard road. (laughs) And that was being honest. I mean, it sounds like it's cruel, but they were being honest. Yeah. And he was built like he is built. Mm -hmm. But how many years are you married? It'll be 17. There you go. Um, But these are things that these are real life situations that can potentially feel hurtful 
And then it's, you know, you know, parents love their child. They want what they feel is best for them. But thankfully, my husband, you know, was was fine with it. And he's a caregiver by nature. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, th- these are just things like any relationship. But there are things that can come up and spe- specifically around health challenges that, you know, may make you feel alone, may make somebody feel alone or but they're, they're just normal situations. And I think that's really important. I think that, you know, uh, partnerships are important. Also, even if you're alone, we choose our friends. We mm-hmm. choose the people we spend time with. We have people who say, can I pick something up for you? There's mm-hmm. lots of that that happens in our lives. And yeah. when you have a chronic illness, learning to be more graceful and accept help is also a challenge for some of us. Some of us, it's very easy to let people help us. Some mm-hmm. of us, some of us, like me, we're very stubborn and we want to do it our way and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? When we make the bed that the sheets will cut, you know, I have other sheets, but when the blankets that are in the laundry machine come back upstairs, nice and fresh and wanting to to sleep in them, he helps me make the bed. And he didn't grow up making beds because he's like yeah. an only child over there. And I taught him how to make bed and he helps me. And it's yeah. genuinely it's I'm less tired. Yeah. And that's oh. nice. It's like, oh, <laughs> you don't have to be exhausted. You could let him help you put on the bottom sheet and lay the top sheet and the blanket. And then I can do the pillows and all that kind of stuff. But having right. someone say, I'll help you is a nice thing. And it's a benefit to you and him and the two of you together as well um, to look at it like a, as that type of partnership. Definitely. I would love you to, sh- would you please share about your community building experience? I look at, um, we talked about this being a journey, definitely as a journey. So I work a lot with individuals one-on-one. However, when we do group activities, it, it it's facilitating those groups in a way that everybody we participate can participate as a whole, but also each person is on their own place in their journey. If, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So it, it's, it, it's, there's, you don't all have to be at the same place. You can be at different right, levels. Right. Exactly. Because, um, you know, we all grow at different rates. We all start out at a different place. We all have different experiences. We all have different beliefs and values. So it's, it's um, supporting individuals, regardless of what the beliefs and values, it's supporting people wherever they are in their individual journey. And it's learning from each other. Okay. It's, I don't have the, the answers. Nobody has all the answers. So we can always learn from somebody else, no matter where we are. It's uh, where in, in any aspect. Um, so, so learning from each other, you know, the vulnerability and openness that can be shared can be so healing for other individuals, not just the individual, not only the individual who might be speaking of an experience, but for everybody, there's so much, so it's not to learn and like, oh, how does that person do that? That's Mm. what I want to do. Okay. No, it's, it's, it's more pick something might resonate. But it's not from that perspective, but, you know, and feeling how you feel in response to that person's journey to what resonates, what kind of activity. 
Got it. I And that's, I love that you've taken in on a community building experience. You're looking at it as community, which is great. What are some of your goals looking forward, personally and professionally? Do you have some goals that you'd like to see happen in the future or in what time, you know, you think it should happen? A personal goal. Um, I, I, at this, even I'm looking at hopefully early 2024 is I want to be able to kayak for 10 minutes. I I struggle, I struggle with using my arms Okay, and I struggle with getting up and down. So it's like a full body thing to be able to get in and out of a kayak on water. (laughs) That's not, if, 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 depending on the kind of issues, that's not necessarily an easy thing. Um, I, you know, this morning, this, my, to prepare for today, I was sore and I, instead of drying my hair, I literally went out in the sun and put my head down and was, you know, using my fingers to allow it to dry. Mm. So, so if there's arm and back issues to work through, it's, that's a, believe it or not, a big deal for me. <laughs> and there are going to be people who totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. So just to be on the water and this, that feel that peaceful and yeah. Does something happen in Philadelphia that you guys love kayaking? I have a girlfriend who is, (laughs) she loves kayaking. So I've spoken to three of you and you all love kayaking. Enough lakes over there. What, what did you guys love about it? No, I have a very limited kayaking experience. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I was, I, before I had these injuries, um, I had managed to go on a camping trip in Alaska and that's my only kayaking experience. And they put me and another woman out first who had never kayaked. And we just went straight out. We never even figured out how to turn the thing. Oh no. (laughs) Oh, no. We laughed the whole time. Finally, we got it turned around and headed back in. In the meantime, all the other kayaks were down, way down and heading back. So, um, so I want to have a. That's fun. (laughs) But it stuck with you. You you enjoyed the kayaking. So that's something that's a a goal for you. It was a funny experience, but fun. Um, And I apologize. Oh, oh, goals. Um, So. From a business perspective, I'm in the compassion training right now, and I am loving the program. It's a year-long program, and then we have one year to complete an eight-week practicum. Okay. Um, So at this point, I am not identified with the organization. If I get certified, then I will be. Cool. But there's so much reading. I have a three-inch stack of abstracts back and front to read and be able to present on. And it gets into psychology and neurology and all that. Um, So it's really interesting. And a pile of books and videos. And (laughs) What made you want to study compassion was there something you read about something the program itself or was the subject compassion something you were diving I, into i there's in caregiving from my father it was one of the a really peaceful inspirational experience and that changed my life and it was shortly at that was when i had the courage to say you know what i'm going to if i want to help other people if i want to serve other people the way i want to because my life lesson that i took from the experience was all that matters is the impact we have and the love we share that i had to quit trying to hide i had to quit saying i'm just tired today or and well my neck's just stiff. In the meantime, I literally, I couldn't, I was never supposed to be able to look up. (laughs) That was alternative modalities that got me there. (laughs) Um, And just a few years ago. And um, 
I had to have the courage to be seen, to, to let my struggles be seen. And it was actually one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. And I started realizing I had to accept where I'm at. I had to accept that this is really where I'm at and quit trying to push through even after all these years of decades of work that until I accepted it, I'm going to keep pushing myself and getting myself in trouble and putting my business at risk. And how do I help people? If, uh, and so when I, I went really deep with my work for a couple, you know, developing it. But what I realized was the underlying theme was self-compassion. Mm. And it was integrated all through every aspect of it. So when listening to your body, having self-compassion for, you know, let, letting go of that second level struggle of beating ourselves up. Wow. So, um, so it started back then and it actually took me three tries to get in, which I've found out's not, is kind, not unheard of. There's not other, unheard. Are you doing yeah. it online or are you going to someplace an, now that pandemic world is, you know, it's whatever. an online program. So okay. I'll be able to deliver it in person once if certified and, or online. And I specifically want to share it to individuals who do have health challenges. That'll be great. Um, That'll be so helpful to so many. It's so healing. So giving yourself that same kindness that you would give somebody else. Yeah. It opens the doors. Yeah, it really does. You had mentioned to me that back when you were studying new tools for your mission, you created more balance, which we've talked about. Yeah. But when you went back, you closed and then you reopened. How did you, what was your experience with having to sort of rebalance and figure it out? At that point in my entrepreneurial career, I kept thinking I had it figured out. <laughs> oh, I'll just spend some time focus on my well-being. So that's an actually a raising point I had wanted to expand on a little bit. And that is, is it easy? Is it hard? You know, the beginning wins. They make it easy. It makes it feel like maybe you're on top of the world or maybe, or hey, at least getting wins. Sustaining, learning to do it in a sustainable way. That's where the challenge comes in because, oh, if I just do this this one day, I'll be okay. <laughs> and those build up. It's just like people, individuals losing weight sometimes. Well, if I just cheat this once, right? You know, just whatever, or working out, oh, learning, well, learning how, anything, yeah, right? Anything. I mean, us, our balancing balance for, for people who struggle with obesity is finding yeah. the maintenance. How do yeah. I find, yeah. A piece of pizza. What am I putting on the piece of pizza? Mm-hmm. Am I eating the whole slice of pizza if I've had bariatric surgery? Am I yeah. eating a whole slice of cake? No, you got to you got to rethink and look at it yeah. and go. Okay, this is how I'm going to look at it. Yeah. That's so that's I, really helpful. Yeah, I had several big fails with the doing well, focusing on my well being, but it, until I the sustainability. And since I like really revamped all that, um, I did. Uh, when we moved, I was the main breader and my husband left his career to, to, it, it was a quick move. We fig- found out I could not live any longer in the cold because of a blood disorder. Okay. Um. So my health after three months here, I went from walking 10 feet to three miles. I went, oh, how by wonderful. a week, by a week later, I was struggling to walk 10 feet again. So I hopped a flight back and started to slowly heal. <laughs> um, but that, that was the experience that that we moved and I forget where I was going with that. Um, Well, you moved because, you know, look, some people with some things 
I yeah. do not do well in the cold. I in, in the heat. I do yeah. better in the cold. I'd rather be cold all the time. Whereas yeah. some people, I always say, I feel like I'm just melting. I feel like my brain yeah. back here is melting. Yeah, I I get that. Um, the yeah, temperatures can have a huge impact on individuals. So so that's all part of the journey. But that sustainability has come. Oh, because I became main bread earner with the fan with us. Okay, I was grew my business. And then grew it again. And I got myself to liver failure. (laughs) Nice. And a couple other things. But I was able to keep my business going and heal from it. Oh, see, and that's the trick. That's That's, sustainable. I had built the foundation. That's the sustainability. That's that's very good. Because sometimes we do. We fall back and hopefully we move forward. And it's when I was caregiving. So it was a lot of physical strain. It was a lot of emotional strain, even though it was a good experience. Okay. So, so yeah, but that that's the sustainable part is having that foundation of your business. How's what building the business, if you are an entrepreneur in a way that supports your true goals based on your beliefs and values, not on marketing. I'm a, I have a marketing business. Marketers know how to make you think you need something <laughs> to be successful, to feel welcome, to feel invited to whatever. So it's that having that it's part of that inner awareness. What do I want? What's what are my real needs? What are my limitations? And building around that. Do you really is built is is going from zero to 100k in three months going to be sustainable if you have health challenges? Maybe, but I have my doubts <laughs> that that's the best way to grow to support your well-being. So, yeah. so it's that foundation that I learned to make sustainable. So, what's next for you? So, um, with the Compassion Institute, I, I see doing a lot more with the facilitating facilitating of groups. Um, Did you think you would do groups as much yeah, anymore? But yes. the Compassion Institute yes, taught you. Yes. We are learning so much from a facilitation perspective as well to help guide individuals even deeper and stuff that it's amazing. Um, I I am at a point, Michelle, I am not defining a timeline. I am not defining what exactly is my next step. I am in a phase where I'm allowing myself to dig in, go deep. Yay, Simone. I love that. And a little bit of surrender. And there's, you know, I have a 20 year plan. I say with my business, there's a couple books I want to write, you know, there's a uh, memberships, but it's all I'll know when I know I grow. I have learned <laughs> big tip here to grow in a sustainable fashion. I am not always in growth mode. Okay. I'm absolutely not always in growth mode. Is there anything you can speak to others about that when, how you figure that out? You're not always in growth mode? Treat your customers really, really, really well, because it's a lot easier to find the amazing clients, work really well with them and retain them, (laughs) depending on the type of business you have. If you have a business that's able to handle that kind of model. Um, And then you have that retainer, you have that baseline. I like that. I like that. Referrals, referrals. Um, So listening to your body, what are those red flags that you know from experience get you personally into trouble? (laughs) Um, Aligning the end. I build space into my calendar, my schedule so that I can adjust as much as you can't always do it. Sometimes you got to push through, unfortunately, but some, you know, depending on how if I have a day where I'm maybe a little more cognitively 
slower <laughs> or I'm in more pain? What are the more compiling or assembling or less, you know, or entry, that kind of work? Okay. When so I'm picking and choosing yeah. what would be the best in that moment fit. for you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the fit, like you just said. When I'm going to get ready for a big new pro- project or launch or anything, taking a rejuvenation period before it. That doesn't mean not working. It means I'm not growing. I'm really focusing on making sure I'm in the best place I can be. I like that. And then after launching, having a a stabilization period and then a rejuvenation. So running the business in seasons, not always grow, grow, grow. Um, and it, it's not an overnight thing. And a lot depends on your, your financial, your true financial need on, I like on, that. on, on where, I like and that. where you're at. So Ms. Simone G, how do people reach you? Um, do you have a website? Do you I, have yes. an email that people can yes. find you at? <laughs> website is Simone G as in George.net. So again, that's Simone G as in George.net, N-E-T. Um, Email Simone at SimoneG.net um, or on social um, or, you know, I have a coffee chat, meet with Simone G, meet with Simone G.com or meet with Simone.com. I think it's Simone G.com. I forget offhand. <laughs> and where's that? Um, email. It, it's um, just a website. There's uh, options to meet with me there. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Do you like Instagram? Are you on Facebook? Do you use TikTok? Do you use LinkedIn? What do you use and how to connect and network? Instagram, LinkedIn, um, getting started slowly on YouTube and Twitter. Okay. And Instagram, what's your handle on Instagram? Simone G balance. I could, I was not able to snag the same handles consistently. I yeah. Well, have we could to try. <laughs> we have to try, you know, Simone Sim- G balance, Simone G balance. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. You know, everybody has different. Mine is, uh, Michelle navigates for help. Wonderful. You know, everybody has different things that, you know, work for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel very fortunate. I'm going to tell you guys listening out there. Miss Simone was very generous. I came back from three days for my niece in Michigan and I was so exhausted the morning, Monday, because I came home Monday night late and Monday morning, I had to call this woman. I sounded like a frog. My husband looked at me and I said, he's like, you can't do an interview today. And me being, you know, the stubborn one, because I'm always stubborn. I was like, yes, I can. I went, no, I can't. <laughs> and thankfully, you know what? You do network and you do find people like you with the same values and the same desire to be kinder to ourselves and to others and be more compassionate. And I just said, Simone, we got to try and do it a little later. And that's why we did it today. So I thank you so much. And I'm glad Lori G, Lori connected us because if Lori C did not connect us, Miss Lori Carisi, you know, that's also about 360 radio for women. If somebody calls and they have something that they want to share that they hear on the radio from different shows, I loved that, you know, you can give it to another host. And I was the perfect person to interview Simone. And I am glad that it was me. So I thank you for taking the time to talk to the uh, audience and I wish you a nice spring summer. Thank you. All right. 
And it's been a pleasure, you guys. Um, I'm still trying to get my homeopath, who also does some patient advocacy, to talk to us. And I look forward to that. I don't know. Do you do any of that work, Simone, with homeopathy? And I recommend individuals to build their own dream team. So I have a licensed alternative doctor I work with for me who does a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I want her to be able to talk to it because it's her expertise Mm -hmm. and questions that people have, questions I have they can then have more information and also they will be able to connect with somebody like you, somebody like her, somebody like that, you know, acupuncturists. And this is about building great people to interview. And there are lots of you out there. So any ideas out there, go to MJ Wellness Navigates and MJ MJ Wellness Navigator.com and let me know if you guys have any ideas or anything you'd like to hear more about. But I feel very, very fortunate that I got to spend time with Simone setting up this interview and finally doing it. So you and I will connect later, but Simone, enjoy the day. Enjoy your greyhounds. And I'm going to go take a terrier for a walk. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you, Michelle. Take care and have a good one. I wanted to take an opportunity introduce myself a little more. My focus as a health and wellness support coach and a patient advocacy consultant is to work with patients, clients who are seeking to make lifestyle modifications that are struggling with chronic conditions such as obesity, diabetes 2, high BP or cholesterol, stress, rheumatoid arthritis, neurological conditions that are autoimmune conditions like MS and Graves, and even Lyme disease using wellness navigation tools because I want to teach you how to tap into yourself. Even as an advocate, I want to be able to leave you with the tools to be able to walk away and advocate for yourself when you're speaking to a doctor or speaking to a insurance company and really make sure they understand you and they're not talking over you or around you or below you, and that you are in control. Um, MJ Wellness Navigator LLC provides an integrative health and resilience coaching and patient advocacy education. And remember, our services are not medical or mental health advice. I'm a board certified and well-being coach, and I'm also a certified patient advocacy consultant. I'm not a licensed medical or licensed medical health professional. Nothing on the mjwellnessnavigator.com website in my content should be construed as healthcare or mental health advice. It's important to understand that because each one of those titles has different jobs. As a coach and as a board-certified health and wellness coach and as a certified patient advocacy consultant, I deliver these solutions to the unique needs of each of my clients. I am also providing medical groups that are professionals and practitioners with workshops and lectures at medical symposiums on ongoing education to use health and wellness coaching for their patients. If I can focus on a client's education, then I have an opportunity to really tap into your knowledge and bring forth what's great. I believe the road to deciding where and how a patient or a client can bring change is a collaborative one. We work together. It's not me telling you what to do. 
and then you doing it. It is you and I figuring out the best way for you to reach your goal. Whereas the coach and coachee, we work as a team. I believe in honoring a client's gut or intuition, examining their life experience, and embracing inside readiness to create changes on a person's life path. I'm a connector, and I have a myriad of connections that I have established over the years. I can provide you towards an acupuncturist, a biofeedback expert, an integrative nutritionist, a homeopathic expert, Pilates, all of those things, even down to mindfulness-based stress reduction with John Kabat-Zinn that I learned from Boston. I can help you with your education, and I can help people better understand how patients can help and advocate for themselves. So with an open heart, listening, ear, humor, grace, and compassion, I want to help you merge what you may need, want, or perhaps envision from your medical teams to achieve better patient-physician relationships. I guide patients, and I want to guide you with this Wellness Learning Curves 2.0 show every Sunday. Looking forward to the next one. Thank you.